Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining us right now, TV blogger Bill Brio. Bill, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, we are all watching more television. I don't think I'm the only one watching more television. What about you? Oh, yeah. No, always watching TV, Hal. But it's uh, like everybody else. We're, we're stuck inside in front of the set. So I think that the TV consumption has gone right up, especially for news broadcasts. I've been looking at the ratings, and everybody's newscast has jumped up, including the all-news networks. All right, share some numbers, because I'm, maybe I'm geeking out here, but I like to hear these numbers when it comes to the news channels. It's incredible. If you look uh, Canada-wide uh, at the supper hour, the CTV evening news, the local newscasts, they're drawing like 1.8 million viewers every night. It's, uh, that's about a jump of you know 700,000. Uh, the CTV national newscast is around 1.6, 1.7. CBC's newscasts are up probably 30%. Uh, Global News is up. Uh, and and uh, the CBC News Network has seen about a 25% rise. What about CNN in the States and stuff? Because we watch a lot of CNN here and, and Fox News as well in Canada. Yeah, we do. CNN uh, numbers are up in Canada, very, very strong. Um, and... Um, I'm sure they are in the States. I haven't been paying that close attention to the U.S., but everybody's newscast numbers are really, really high. Um, certain reality shows are, are up a bit, um, but uh, in prime time and even daytime, you know, because people are stuck at home, there's a yeah. lot more people watching Let's Make a Deal and The Price is Right now than there was two months ago. Well, and speaking of game shows, who wants to be a millionaire is coming back tonight. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be on ABC at 10 o'clock. I think Jimmy Kimmel is hosting. And, uh, you know, it's a celebrity version. So you've got some of the modern family stars, modern family, of course, bowing out tonight as well. Uh, So, you know, I I was working at the Toronto Sun back when uh, Who Makes a Millionaire or Who who Wants to Be a Millionaire first broke, like in 1990, 1989. And that's all I wrote about for like a year and a half. It was on four nights a week. It was such a, people were just fascinated by this possibility that, you know, neighbors and friends could win $1 million from a TV show. Um, So we'll see how popular it is again this time. Well, there have been many variations and different hosts. I know that uh, Jimmy Kimmel, as you said, is doing it tonight, but I think he's bringing back Regis Philbin uh, because I saw him in some promos as well. You mentioned Modern Family uh, ending tonight. That's a big deal. That's been a very popular sitcom for many years. It has. This is 11 seasons and 250 episodes, and we've seen the kids on that show grow up. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great cast. And uh, I think the first five seasons, it was the best comedy on television at the Emmys. It's one of those network shows like, you know, nowadays we see a lot more attention paid to streaming services, Netflix, different uh, The Mandalorian on the Disney Channel and Disney Plus and all these things. But Modern Family was one of those broadcast shows that hung in there. It was still a lot of people's favorite show up until the last two or three seasons. And um, certainly a great cast. And uh, just one of those shows, it bridges the broadcast era right into the binge era. Yeah, and speaking of binging, um, in my house, we were basically a Netflix family. That was kind of it for us. 
But I have been ordering more stuff online of late because we're stuck at home, and so I decided to get Amazon Prime, and so I now get uh, Prime, uh, Amazon's video streaming service. So we're watching a bunch of stuff on that one as well. Um, Bill, are there any others as we're stuck at home? In normal times, I would be fine with Netflix and probably wouldn't be adding any others. Um, are there any other streaming, and a lot of content is free, available for nothing too, but are there any other streaming services out there that I should be giving serious consideration to? Well, if, if you have young kids at home, Al, uh, obviously the Disney Plus is is the one to get now. It's available in Canada and you know, The Mandalorian, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's basically uh, a Star Wars adventure, the first TV series based on that movie franchise. And it brought me right back to the original movies uh, I watched, you know, that, that it, it was something handmade about it. The characters mm-hmm. are really cool and fun. And uh, it, it's about 10 of the, mo- the most fun episodes you can find on TV right now. And, you know, a lot of these streaming services... We'll give you a free month, right? We don't know how long this uh, self-isolating is going to go on. We obviously all want it to end sooner than later. But in many cases, you can sign up, get a free month. And then I know with uh, with Amazon, I think it works. If you get a whole year, I think it works out to less than 7 bucks a month. I mean, you know, we do have more time at home, it seems, for television and stuff like that. The family is gathered around... Uh, around the TV, and, and I think these streaming services do kind of make some sense. Oh, absolutely, and uh, right now there's a lot of really good free free windows to services. Uh, if you've got a cable subscription, pretty much anywhere in Canada now, you could watch a lot of different movie channels that you'd normally have to pay for. Uh, this Hollywood Suite has a group of channels that shows movies from the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Uh, but even services like Crave, I believe uh, right now there's a free window up or, or there will be for a month of viewing there. Uh, PBS is making some of their shows that, you know, that aren't on television right now, but you can stream them uh, for free. Uh, Ken Burns has those, that great baseball uh, documentary from uh, 20 years ago that uh, is available now to stream um, for free on PBS.org. Uh, CBC Gem is their digital window, and they've got a lot of really good shows right now. Hey Lady is a very funny one with a comedian, Jane Eastwood. But, uh, yeah, there's there's ways around the paywalls on a lot of these services if you want to sample them and, and check them out. Well, and I'll tell you what, the global app, I just got that hooked up last week. That global app is fantastic. Several channels, all the news and it's absolutely free, so I really do have to mention that one. You mentioned some others, uh, but I, I really should mention that one because it is a great one. The global app is uh, is fantastic as well. Hey, um, it is very good, Al. You're right. They own a lot of specialty services. They're all available at that app right now. You're right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, as well when it comes to uh, you do movies as well, right, Bill? You don't just do TV, do you? Well, honestly, Hal, I, I pretty much do just TV. There's hmm. so much television now that, yeah. uh, you know, like I always, when, when I was at The Sun, would wonder why there would be three film critics and one TV critic when there'd be like maybe three movies come out a year and yeah. it seemed like there was 45 TV shows came out last week. Yeah, <laughs> and, and really television has 
is so much better now than it was even five or ten years ago, right? I mean, we're we're seeing big stars and lots of money being invested in television shows now. Oh yeah, a lot of the showrunners, the the creative people, the directors who used to make, especially sort of independent movies, they're now you know they take their pitch to Fox or FX or HBO or to Disney Plus or you know Apple Plus. There, there's so many doors to knock on, and uh, less and less. Um, if you're going to the movies now, everything is a superhero, Marvel or DC movie. Everything's a home run. Most of the adult uh, stories are being told on television. Somebody here says, "Hal, are you watching Hunters on Prime?" That's the Al Pacino uh, one. I have not started uh, watching that yet. Uh, is that good? The the listener who texted in just now says it's very good. It's okay. I mean, I wasn't as enthusiastic. It starts really well. Al Pacino just eats up the screen. He's it's hilarious when he's on there. It's about a, uh, a Nazi hunter. It's set in the seventies, and the, the you know the idea is there are still uh, uh, Nazis who have fled Germany. Uh, Thirty years later, they're hiding in places in the states, and there's a group of people led by Pacino out to avenge them. Um, of the ending, it, it doesn't really build anything really great, I'll warn you now. Mm. But it's still kind of fun to watch. A lot of good shows out now, though, but uh, I think there's some better ones than that. All right, Bill, thanks a lot for doing this. We'll do it again. Depending on how long this goes on, we may have you on again. Thanks a lot. Oh, anytime, Al. Bill Brio is a uh, TV blogger. His website is brio.tv and you spell brio b-r-i-o-u-x dot tv brio dot tv b-r-i-o-u-x david weems is the chair of the man uh dairy producer dairy farmers of manitoba and uh david is on the phone now david good afternoon good afternoon Hal. thanks a lot for doing this um i was uh reading that um there is uh a lack of demand from retailers for milk, or, or a delay in demand maybe is a better way of putting that, and uh, you have an excess of milk. Explain the, the scenario, and then we'll get into a couple of other questions I've got for you here. Okay, sure. So uh, the drop in demand has been uh, primarily due to the, uh, to the restaurant and hotel industry basically being shut down on the, on the food service side. So that's greatly reduced our demand. Uh, what we're seeing at at retail is that you know uh, uh, you know consumers continue to uh, go to uh, you know to pick up their groceries uh, at at stores and to continue to uh, to buy the product. So we're seeing that uh, you know milk, cheese, and butter, and some of these things are still being uh, you know purchased as before. But one of the biggest factors is the fact that that the restaurants and hotels have basically shut down and there's a huge amount of de- uh, demand for uh, uh, for dairy product that that is no longer there so that's that's been our biggest impact there in terms of of the shifting demand that makes sense and i would argue and i don't know but i would argue that individuals at home may very well be consuming even more milk and cheese and dairy products that may, and, and that's an interesting uh, 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 comment there because I, I think it may be happening, and, and I, I, I do think that the fact that uh, people are staying at home now, uh, you know, eating meals at home, is changing uh, those patterns from where they were just a few weeks ago. So it'll be interesting. Right now, it's a fairly 
uh, volatile demand. So you know, even on the on the on the milk, it's it's you know tends to be going up and down quite uh, quite a bit. But it'll be interesting to see where exactly it settles out as people kind of get settled into uh, into the new routine uh, through COVID nineteen. And so what are you doing? How much milk do you have? How much of a glut is there? What are you doing with it? Because I know that you give a lot every uh, year to charities like Winnipeg Harvest. So how much of a backlog of milk is there right now? We're still trying to, uh, uh, like right across the country, we're seeing that there's a, a major amount of uh you know, raw milk that is being discarded simply because uh, the processors can't take any more. Their customers aren't aren't requiring any more. We've been fortunate in Manitoba that we've not had to uh, discard raw milk. Uh, but what has happened here is because we because of our our, our dairy processing situation uh, in the over the past few years, we've been receiving milk from Saskatchewan and Alberta to help fill uh, the plants that we have in Manitoba. But now that this there's a sudden drop in demand you know we're not we're not taking in milk from uh Saskatchewan and Alberta or, or a lot less and so uh that means that there's there's still you know room for Manitoba milk to be processed but what happens then is as we push back to Saskatchewan and Alberta that means farmers there are are going to have to be they are discarding uh, raw milk as a result of it so we do work together uh, as as farmers across the country, particularly in Western Canada. Uh, so you know, we can, so if if they're having to discard raw milk there, uh, you know, we are going to uh, help to cover the cost here in Manitoba as dairy farmers. So that's good. You're not having to dump milk or discard it. Uh, will you be giving more to say Winnipeg Harvest? I saw one number. I think last year. You gave uh, Winnipeg Harvest over 320,000 liters of milk. Will that number go up this year? Uh, yes, we're having discussions with uh, Winnipeg Harvest and with uh, some of our processors, and, and we know that, uh, that for example, uh, Bothwell Cheese is, is also, uh, uh, you know, they're wanting to uh, work together with us to increase uh, the amount of uh, dairy product, uh, che- particularly cheese in this case, uh, to increase uh, those, uh, you know, those donations to Winnipeg, uh, to Winnipeg Harvest. And the nice thing about Winnipeg Harvest is, they then distribute it to food banks across the province. So that's uh, that that ongoing relationship. Now we're we're trying to increase that as much as as we can, as much as you know, processors are able to do it. And of course, we have our transporters that get involved in in transportation of this uh, of the product. And and to we know that uh, through COVID nineteen, if if anything, the the demand at the food banks will only increase. So we're very uh, pleased to be able to uh, be part of uh, actually increasing our, our contributions to the to the uh, food bank here in Winnipeg very significantly. Well, and thank you for that. And make sure you tell your members thank you from from us because I think that's fantastic. When I saw that number, I thought, wow, that is a lot of milk. And as you point out, it ends up everywhere in the province uh, that it's needed. You know, we talk every day uh, through this COVID-19 pandemic about help for various people. Everybody's struggling right now. What about dairy farmers? Is there help for them? Do they need help? And that's what we're, you know, uh, so we know that as, as farmers, like what we have to do right now is, is keep everything going. We have to, you know, we our, our cows get milk, you know, 365 days a year, so that doesn't change. So, you know, uh, in spite of whatever else is happening, you know, we're really focused on 
on uh, continuing on continuing to look after the cows to milk the cows and and at the same time we have the same challenge as as uh, uh, as all other Canadians and that is to you know respect the social distancing and you know all the other uh, protocols around covid-19 to uh, try to flatten the curve so it does it it I mean it absolutely has created a lot of stress on the farms as well because uh, you know because of this this demand that, and and we have you know we have no we have no past experience for this so we just don't know how long is it going to last you know what are we going to do uh, about the surplus milk how do we you know we need to uh, we'll we'll need to reduce uh, production but at the same time we don't know how long this is going to last and of course nobody can tell us that and so it's a completely uncharted territory for us and uh, and we really have no playbook for this yeah, we're all in the dark. We're all in the dark on this one. We're we're trying our best to get through it, and I I wish your your dairy farmer members all the best. Hey, I know you're not really dumping milk, but a question from a listener, and I think it's kind of a good. Maybe it's a well. There's no such thing as a dumb question. I think it's a good one because I don't know the answer, so I'll ask you. Uh, the person says, "Hey, how when you talk to the dairy producers who are dumping milk down the drain? That's not the case in Manitoba, but it is helping happening elsewhere." Um, the person says, "Please ask why they don't just let the calves have the milk." Yeah, so that and and it's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, we ha- the the calves already get uh, uh, they get their milk uh, supply on a, on an everyday basis, and right. and they get all the milk that is required of them to to have to you know to to uh, uh, to be healthy, to develop, mm-hmm. and to grow. So all of that is already in there. So there's you know, there's no further milk that is required mm-hmm. for for the calves themselves. So uh, you know that's why you know uh, that that part has already been taken care of and always is. Like that's part of what we do every day on sure. the farm. Yeah. Hey, uh, David. Thanks a lot for this. Really appreciate it, and, and all the best through this. Okay. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate your interest. Thank you. Tristan Field-Jones handling the info for us every half hour, top and bottom of every hour. TFJ, before you run off, sir, mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question. How is your hair holding up? How's your hair looking? Um, okay. Yeah. But I I could certainly use a haircut, but hey, that'll have yeah. to wait. Yes, it will for many of us. Um, now, I used to have a beautiful mullet back in the day. I mean, it was colored cappuccino, it was permed, it was, but uh, many years ago, I just shaved it off. And I love it now. And this is something that I can do at home. In fact, the listener uh, just texted in 204 780 6868. Hal, interesting. You're going to be talking about uh, haircuts. I just completed shaving my head approximately a quarter inch. I call it the COVID cut. What do you do? I'm right down. No, I don't leave nothing. No quarter inch, no nothing. And joining us now to help us with our hairstyling, and listen, we've got a pandemic, right? This is not terribly serious, but it's stuff that we're all dealing with, or most of us are dealing with, Every day. Nathan Beaton is an instructor at MC College. Nathan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you guys today? Excellent. Our hair is a mess, though. It's uh, getting <laughs> long, and uh, many of us have discarded the flow B. I think that's what it was called, right? The thing you hooked up to the vacuum cleaner way yep. back in the day, back, the, the back flow B. 
Yeah, and it's funny that uh, when Cam suggested we get you on, I said absolutely because I've got a couple other, and there's many hair. There are many hair stories around this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. I see here uh, a hairdresser, uh, a woman who is self isolating with her husband, has been trying out different hairstyles on her husband. She's done uh, the George Washington, the Princess Leia with the buns, right from Star Wars. Uh, she did one uh, that she calls the Amy Winehouse, based on the late singer. And then I see another one. A little boy gave his brother the old man haircut, where he basically cuts the cuts the big balding spot out of the front, you know, and then leaves the hair hair around the back. Uh, five and seven year olds. So a lot of people are talking about this. What are your suggestions? You're an instructor. What are your hairstyling tips as we deal with this pandemic? Well, the, the, the tips are a difficult thing, right? Home haircutting, you've seen all the memes. You know, if you if you want to become another meme, knock yourself out, go for it, have fun with it. But just be aware that, you know, it takes up to a year training to be able to cut a head of hair. Plus, on top of that, just life experience, right? So my suggestion, just embrace it. Support your local salons and barbershops when this pandemic's over. You know, pamper yourself. Pull off that new ponytail or try and style it a little bit longer uh, until we all get through this. We're all going through the same thing, you know. Us as in hair instructors as well, we're not getting our hair cut either. You know, we're all working in isolation, working off of Zoom and our online platforms and that sort of thing. Uh, if you are going to do it, yeah, just have fun with it. Uh, don't take it too seriously because you know it's not going to be professionally done, right? But your suggestion would be just deal with it until this all eases, and then you can go to a pro. That would be your first advice. Th- that would be my first advice. You know, if you absolutely can't live with it, just you know, keep in mind that it might not be the best haircut you've ever gotten. Yeah, right. But it'll be free, <laughs> you know, right? It'll be it'll free. Be, it'll, we, we won't pay for it. It'll definitely be free, and it'll definitely look like it's free, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I um, I gave this, uh, and like I said, I just shave it right down. I'm, I'm. It's an easy haircut uh, for me. But for somebody who has hair, if they do, for somebody who has hair, if they do take a chance and try and yeah. cut it themselves or have somebody they're self-isolating with cut it for them, how long might it take before somebody like you, a pro, can fix it after the fact? Well, it, it all depends how much their partner likes them and how much they cut off in the first place, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, did, you, did you do it just after an argument? Maybe not the best time to do it. You know, <laughs> when we're all self-isolating, be kind to one another. Uh, if you are going to let someone cut your hair and, and take a chance on it, cut as little as possible. You can't put it back on once it's gone, right? Yeah. And you know what I've noticed, Nathan? I've noticed a lot of people on TV, right, TV personalities that are doing their various shows from home, and their hair is getting a bit long, but I'm also noticing more gray hair, right? Because they get their hair colored professionally, dyed professionally, and now that's not happening. So a lot of these TV personalities appear to be much older because their hair is graying. Well, we, we can't hide it, mine, mine included, right? <laughs> it's one of those things that, that we have all these wonderful illusions of all the stuff that we, we put into our self-appearance, and then what happens when that all gets taken away for a little while? We kind of have to be honest with ourselves and just kind of embrace it for a little while. 
And obviously, this is a pandemic. So we're not talking yeah. about anything uh, near as serious as what we're all dealing with and, and all the challenges. But it's definitely something people are talking about, their hair and needing a haircut and needing to get their hair dyed. And, and, and it is a, it, it's obviously a feel-good thing, right? You know, when you know yourself and you look in the mirror and you know you look good, you feel better. So, and I think that's part of it, you know, with, with all the things that are going on in the world and everybody's so afraid of everything right now, partially because of media and things like that, it, it's one more thing that we can possibly, you know, bring a little light in our day or, or look a little better and feel a little better. So I, I think that's what's happening as well, too. People want to have some sense of normalcy, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, no, you're absolutely right, Nathan. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for your time. I really appreciate this, and, and stay safe, all right? No problem. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Nathan Beaton, he is an instructor at MC College. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.